0: Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. Right here on Drive Time Radio, 1150 KKNW, and on the internet all over the world. At uh, you can usually get me. The best way is uh, at nyvinny on almost any social media, and that will get you there uh, on our uh, various um, channels of uh, Facebook and Instagram. Yes, Instagram. Instagram has been added to the mix, so we will. uh, We're not on it this week uh, because I didn't get a chance to do a test run, uh, but I did. uh, We will next week be on Instagram. uh, And I'll have to ask Nathan about this. As a matter of fact, we'll bring him in a little bit early this morning. Uh, 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 Nathan, uh, good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good
1: morning, Vinny and everybody else.
0: Uh, how do you, uh, what's your thoughts on Instagram? Is it, a, is it a good platform for this kind of long form streaming that we do? I, I always pictured Instagram as something for a quick.
1: I'm sure quick you're hit. talking about how it's been announced that you can stream to Instagram now, correct?
0: Right. You Yes.
1: I will let you know you do need to have a professional plan to do that. So it depends if yeah. you want to pay the bucks.
0: Well, we, we have a professional plan there.
1: Okay. So <laughs> then yeah, I mean the more the merrier. Can't I, I it never ask hurts. You for
0: business advice. <laughs> I asked you for <laughs> Tell me about what you think about it. I'm only for your social media advice. I'm not on this <laughs> Um so it, it but is that a, a like a, a kind of a long form type of thing? It, it, does it work on there or, or are you just uh, bothering people with it?
1: I think it would work. I've never really tried it before. You know, this is something that just got, you know, released for how we do the show. So that would be interesting to see. It's something I'm still figuring out as well.
0: Well, I think we'll try it next week and see how it goes. You know, it's like like if you wanted to do TikTok, you would never do long-form programming on TikTok because it's, you know, 15-second attention span theater. Mm -hmm. Um, But... You know, you take pieces of the show out and and do that. And anyway, uh, hope you're having a good holiday season. That things are uh, are going uh, uh, reasonably well for you. I know it's a crazy time of year. People are running all over the place. I had a nice event up here in Edmonds just a couple of days ago. We had a <clears throat> you know, I put together a band and and they give serve hot chocolate and hot cider and stuff down by the uh, the port of Edmonds light up the the boats and, you know, just a community get-together. And it was really cool. It was a band playing down there and, and kids running around. It was a perfect, perfect um, holiday thing, you know, That uh, and, and even had good parking, you know, like they opened up all the parking spaces so people could go down there with their cars, park, walk around, look at the ships and the lights and everything, and then, you know, go home. And, uh, of course, get a picture with Santa, which I did. How could you go to something like that and not get a picture of Santa? You know, I mean, I'm 68 years old, and I still uh, enjoy sitting down and telling Santa what I like, what I want for Christmas. You know, you never really grow up from being a kid. So, anyway, we have that for you. A a, a good show today, I think. uh, We're going to tell you a couple of cool places to go for the holidays. If you – want to jump in the car and uh, throw the heater on and take the family out to see a couple of really cool things. We have a couple of suggestions for you. We got Yo Vinny coming up, a road test, and some automotive news that has uh, happened in this past week. You know, Usually this gets to be a quiet time of year. But um, a couple of stories are making their way um, a forefront of everything else, uh, one of them is that uh, it seems that now that the strike is settled, uh, the UAW strike, that uh, companies are now starting to lay people off. Look, they're going to make this money up one way or the other. And um, what we also see is interesting to me is a cutback in the production numbers on electric vehicles. Now, I, I think, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I'm starting to feel like there's a concerted effort among some media people, not all, but some media people, to uh, denigrate and knock down the, um, the EV. Uh, it seems to me you see more and more, and you see it if you're, if you're watching a, a news source like YouTube. Although I saw a story on MSNBC this week another uh, msnbc cnbc excuse me about uh, how electric vehicles are failing and what i like in this too to me is writing in 1906 or 07 that automobiles are failing it is a work in progress uh, now, one of the things that the automakers have not done, which they probably should have done, and I would I would agree that it's kind of a, a, a weird way that they did it, but they made all the vehicle electric vehicles and most of the electric vehicles out of reach of the average consumer. They figured uh, that this was going to be like uh, you know the uh, the. The high end people, the early adapters, were going to go to buy these electric electric vehicles first. They were going to put down all this money, and then they would come out with the, uh, you know, the cars for the people, the Volkswagens of, uh, you know, the people's cars of electric cars. And while that's the philosophy that they've used, and I'm not a, a smart enough to tell you that that's a good philosophy or a bad philosophy, but I I will tell you from studying history that automobiles took off in america when henry ford made the vehicle that he was building in his plants affordable for the people who were building them i mean it's it's that simple you have to make a vehicle that's affordable for the average person to buy and if you uh, if, if you look at the uh, the prices on average electric vehicles now, while well, they've dropped over the past six months because uh, Musk has dropped his prices on the Tesla, but it's still a fairly unattainable price for many, many people because the the end result is it gives you around a seven eight hundred dollar car payment a month, even up in the 1100 in the low eleven hundreds, twelve hundreds. So. When when you're skirting $1,000 a month in a car payment, plus insurance, plus this, plus that, by the time you're done, yes, the maintenance costs are lower, uh, other things are lower, but there's still that that nut you got to crack every month of uh, $1,000 for a car payment. When you are dealing with that and dealing with still this range anxiety where people are afraid to jump in these cars. Uh, Because they've been told time and time again, well, you can't charge it here, you can't take a trip here, you can't do this, you can't do that. The electric car is not for everybody. And again, this is just personal opinion. The electric car is not for everybody. Everybody is not going to fit the profile of somebody who should be using an electric car, especially if you're somebody who takes a lot of road trips to rural places then maybe your best bet is to stick with a plug-in hybrid or um, even just a gasoline engine car. It's simple. That's part of this transition that we're going through is that there are going to be different cars suited for different people. But if you get a ton of people who live in a city or live in a suburb and they buy electric cars... And they have the ability to charge it at home, or charge it at their uh, place of work, or so on and so forth. That's going to work for people. And eventually, you're going to get people um, uh, uh, who are going to, and it's it's happening already, consolidate the charging business and come out with two or three or four firms uh, that will put chargers in gas stations, so that it, it'll be the same type of situation where you go down, you you plug your car in, you wait there 15 to 20 minutes, you get an 80% charge, and you go on your merry way. So maybe that's 10 minutes more than you spend in a gas station to fill up your car. They're even working on systems right now where you'll you don't even have to get out of your car. You can just drive over a um a pad and it'll wirelessly charge your electric car just like a um, a cell phone. So these things are coming. But again, we're in the early stages of this. So for all these people that want to uh, uh, denigrate, knock down the electric car, um, it's, it's not an instant gratification type of thing. You know, I think in some ways we get spoiled in this country because, uh, you know, we, we get a disease like COVID come along, and all of a sudden, people want a vaccine. In a year, they come out with a vaccine to help stem the deaths so that if you get COVID, now, if you get COVID, that it, it, um, it lessens the effects of it. And that was done in a year. I, I, I mean think about that I mean I think they worked on the polio vaccine for 15 years before they were able to inject it into kids and stop polio so we have this 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 thing for instant it's got to be done right away and it, it just doesn't work that way in life things don't happen right away you have to test you have to try you have to see and with electric cars, I think that's what we're going through. I think electric cars are going to be one of the greatest things you've ever seen. I hope I stay alive long enough to see them in common use. I hope I stay long, stay alive long enough to see charges in gas stations where you go in and you charge your car up and it, we lower the harm that we're doing to the earth with carbon emissions is that we save the planet. That's what, that's my hope. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems to be from all these science things that uh, that, that you get a hold of and you read the articles and the papers and the engineers that you get a chance to talk to uh, at these car events and stuff like that, these people have faith in it. But it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to take a little bit of time. And so I guess my word is don't lose faith yet. You're going to see a lot of people in the media that are looking. I watched something on Fox this morning. Uh, You know, of course, Fox, I mean, they're going to try to bury the electric car because Biden is for it. But when you look at the, you know, the possibilities, and when you look at what can happen here, and when you look at how this thing can be organized and put together, there's really something special going on here. Thank God there was no social media when Edison was, uh, you know, trying to wire up New York City. Thank God there was no social media when Henry Ford was trying to, uh, uh, you know, mass produce vehicles. Thank God there was no social media when they were trying to make vaccines uh, back in uh, back in the fifties for uh, for polio in the forties. It would have never gotten off the ground. People would have uh, trolled it and shoot it and so on and so forth. I mean, again, it's, uh, it's just one person's opinion. But I got to say, you got to let these things breathe. You got to give it a chance. Don't kill the electric car before it's born. We did that once already back in the 90s. And we paid a price for it. And, you know, you just have to be a little smart about it. So that's that's my that's my preaching. That's me on my soapbox uh this morning. Uh, another thing I wanted to get to is, is kind of a cool story, a fun story. Uh now I don't know if you know uh, uh and we're going to talk about Jeeps in a minute with um Nathan. But I don't know if, if you know about this but there's a thing called duck duck Jeep that uh Jeep owners, you know, uh, I, I believe the uh, you know the um Renegade owners, the Jeep owners, they will, um, if they see a cool Jeep, they'll leave a duck, a little plastic duck on the Jeep. And, you know, it's kind of a, uh, you're in the club type of deal. It's a totally organic type of thing. Jeep doesn't sponsor or anything like that. But if you're driving a Jeep and you get a, a duck on, you think it means somebody else saw your Jeep. Another Jeep owner saw your Jeep and appreciated it. Well, not to be left out of the uh, of the fun, Subaru owners have started, and this is a, again one of those kind of organic movements that uh, you see pop up on social media. Well, the Subaru owners have started this thing called Moo Moo Subaru. and they um and it's a it's kind of a subaru owner's thing and they leave cows on other people's subarus that they appreciate so if you have a a kind of a cool looking legacy or a wrx or no matter what kind of subaru you have maybe have a rack on the top or something like that uh and another so you can buy these little cows And then you can leave them on somebody's Subaru to show them that you appreciated their car. I guess it's it's you know, with Jeeps, it's a little easier to see something you appreciate. Maybe with Subarus it's not, but you know what? Around here, I mean we got tons of Subarus, whether they're hopped up Subarus or not so hopped up Subarus, but there are they have sweatshirts, they have all this other kind of stuff. But I just think it's a cool idea where car owners interact with each other. So if you come out of your house and there is a uh, Moo Moo Subaru cow on your Subaru, you'll know exactly what happened. That uh, somebody in the Moo Moo Subaru group on Facebook uh, and uh, a growing organic uh, thing decided to... You know, do do a favor with you and uh, for you, and put a little cow on there and make your day. So be appreciative of it. Don't call the police or go on next door and say, "Oh my God, somebody's leaving cows on Subarus." Is it a death threat? Oh my God! <laughs> Sometimes looking at that next door can be a little bit. But very cool. As a very matter of fact, my friend Laurie, who is a proud Subaru owner for many years, she's had a cross track. I think since the first year they were out, a second year they were out uh i sent her the uh you know the information on this thing and she popped in and jumped on it right away so it's on facebook just search moo moo subaru they already have forty thousand members and i'm sure that uh it's a little social club for subaru owners and i will tell you that subaru owners really um are social people there's you know they talk to each other there's a whole You know, a bunch of people, my friends down in Portland, um, you know, uh, are involved in Subaru clubs and things like that. I mean, it's really kind of a, uh, a, a, you know, as much as uh, Corvettes are a a, a car club kind of thing. So are Subaru and their owners. Uh, A couple of notes from General Motors. We talked a little bit about them laying off people. Uh, GM is also uh, getting rid of, it seems, CarPlay an android auto in their cars they have their own system that they're going to put in this is going to be so they can sell you subscriptions you will uh and this is something that's going on you are going to see this more and more in cost where you're going to buy a car and then to turn on the options you're going to have to pay a monthly fee so if you um you know if you want a better radio or more horsepower or this or that or the other thing, you'll be able to turn that on in your car for a monthly fee. And if you don't want it, you don't have to pay for it. Um I fear that they're gonna make things that should be standard turn-onable and turn offable um in cars. And that kind of bugs me a little bit. Also the GM subsidiary cruise, which is the uh, self-driving, autonomous driving taxi branch of cruise they've been operating, you hear stories about them all the time out of San Francisco, they have suspended operations because evidently in San Francisco, a pedestrian got hit by one of the cruise cars, the self-driving, driverless taxis that they have there, and one of them hit a pedestrian. Not too bad, I guess, from what I understand, but then when the, when the person was getting up, Another one came along and hit him again. I don't know if he had, uh, you know, candy canes in his pocket or what. You know, once is is an action, twice you start to think. So anyway, uh, pending them trying to figure out what's going on there, they've taken all those cars off the road. So uh, if you're expecting an uh, an autonomously driving taxi to show up at your front door and take it to the airport in San Francisco, you may be waiting a long time. I don't know. I think taxis should have a taxi driver in it. Now I was a taxi driver for a while. So maybe I, uh, I, I come from this, but from a pure human, but I, I don't know, getting in a cab, there's supposed to be a driver there. There's supposed to be somebody in that cab uh, to ask questions to, to guide you, uh, where you are going all right uh one more thing cadillac uh showed off a brand new ev suv uh, this week that will slot in three row suv that will slot in under the escalade we'll have a little bit more on that next week uh, but uh cadillac is uh, and, and gm is while they're cutting back in some places, they're still reaffirming their commitment to electric vehicles. So we don't have to worry about them going away just yet on uh, behalf of uh, General Motors. They're going to keep them around for a while. And let me tell you something. They get rid of the autonomous cars and they just work on electric cars. It'll be just fine with me. All right, let's bring uh, Nathan in this morning on Drive Time Radio, get a chance to check in with our good friend, our producer, and uh, uh, just an all-around good guy, a a guy that um, I think if you brought Nathan home to meet your parents, they would approve. Nathan is uh, is with us. Good morning, Nathan, again. Good morning again to you, Vinny. Now you um you took a little trip this week, didn't you? I did. I took
1: uh my twice a year one of them trips up to Kentucky to see my brother and his family. So nice little short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, gave myself enough time to get back in time for drive time radio.
0: Well, yeah, we yeah we don't let you go. I mean, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you know the reality is if uh, you're you're now signed. I mean, you're in. You know, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, what um. So you, you you went to Kentucky and the family's okay? Everybody's good?
1: Yeah, everybody's doing well. Uh, we have, a, you know, our niece is about to, or my niece, I should say, is about to turn two here coming up pretty soon. So really growing fast and learning lots of new things each time I go out to visit with her. So it's exciting to see her grow up.
0: Oh, I bet you she just loves her Uncle Nathan.
1: Oh, yeah. We, uh, for Christmas, we did an early Christmas gift and uh, got her what, what? My favorite toy was growing up, and she must have a little bit of me inside of her because she loves playing it with it, too.
0: All right, Nate. not let's spill it. What was your favorite toy growing <laughs> it's,
1: up? You know, those little marble run tracks where you put marbles down and they go through different obstacles and courses. Yeah, yeah that was what I had for my favorite toy growing up. So I got, got inside of so that. Lot.
0: Now, uh, see, a little insight here. Now I know. Now, you uh, you rented a car when you were down in uh, in beautiful uh, uh, Kentucky. And, and from what I understand, from what you said, from what you tweeted me, te- I mean, uh, texted me, um, it was not the best experience in the world for you.
1: It was a Jeep, and let's just say I'm not putting any rubber ducks on top of that Jeep.
0: No, you won't I be. I was a, not what, what, really what,
1: what, impressed with it, to be honest.
0: What? what what kind of uh, Jeep did you rent?
1: We had a Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited Edition. Yeah, they got us. So it's kind of a funny story how we ended up with it. We were supposed to get uh like a Toyota Camry or you know full size sedan or the similar. Well, we get to the spot where it's supposed to be and we see this huge Ram pickup truck and we're like, <laughs> that is not a Toyota Camry or the like. So we went up <laughs> to the booth again and said, hey. Um, uh, that's not a Camry out there. And they looked, and it was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> so they said, well, we can give you, like, a full-size uh, SUV or a minivan or a truck. And we went with the full-size SUV, and that's when we got the DREEP Grand Cherokee Limited three-row edition.
0: Yeah, and uh, what what didn't you like about it? I mean, there's been, and to be fair... Uh, there have been several complaints uh, lately uh, over the past, um, I don't know, uh, year or so, about some quality issues with Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's it's been well documented. I mean, I don't think we're uh, we're seeing anything out of school here. Or I, I mean, you, you know, the one thing about doing this is you get to assess the cars when you drive them and they're new but what does a car look like down the road? That's something you have to research a little bit more and find out more about, unless it's an egregious case, like in the case of a Kia or a Hyundai, where they you know tend to catch fire uh, on certain models. Uh, what, what did you find with the Jeep? Well, let's just say the first thing I did as I
1: do it with every rental car I get is go online and research it, look up the specs and stuff, and really know what it is that I'm inside of. And Uh, So this is about a $50,000 MSRP Jeep Grand Cherokee. And a lot of what was inside the Jeep, I've had more premium experiences in vehicles half that price. So it did not feel very premium on the inside of the Jeep. But, I mean, the seats were nice. They heated up well. And uh, there's plenty of places to charge your Phone in, plug into USB. They were very generous with that. And lots of ventilation for AC or heating across the cabin, which would be really good for passengers as well. But uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, uh, you would think it's like a more of an off-road vehicle. Like a, they do design it with off-roading in mind a little bit. But with this one being a three-row you would expect it to be a little bit more executive or premium on the inside because you're going to be more focused on hauling around passengers rather than off-roading if you get the three-row. And there was lots of noises that were made by the cabin. Like if we went over a bump, I could hear from the rear a really low subwoofer type sound every single time, which was Mm -hmm. distracting to me because I'm pretty picky about audio inside of a car. And then the yes. stereo system, it said it was a premium, but the stereo system on the car, even if I had plugged in my phone and went with direct audio rather than a radio, it had absolutely zero bass to the stereo system. Uh. And I mean, I cranked up the bass all the way, turned down the mids considerably, and still could not... Get any like low end sound out of the speakers,
0: right? Is basically
1: non-existent. So that's, I mean, it rode nice for the most part. I didn't get a chance to drive it. I was just a passenger. I was not listed as one of the drivers for the rental company, so I couldn't drive it.
0: a good thing you relax. Yeah, (laughs) drive on the Kentucky roads. Well, you know, here's here's how I would answer that, Nathan. Um, What you have to keep in mind is that you're driving a fleet vehicle. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, and I'm not saying this is the case with cheap, I don't know, but I do know that in past rental cars that I have driven in in the past, uh, past rental cars that I have driven, and I've checked this out with companies, they build a different car for rental companies than they do for the general public. So... Sometimes you'll get a different interior Hmm. or a different, um, you know, you'll get a non, it'll say premium. I mean, what's premium, but it's not, you know, like a Macintosh, uh, stereo system in there, or even, you know, their top line stereo system. Again, again, you're buying something and this is something I always tell people you have to look out for when you buy a used rental car as people will do sometimes, because sometimes even interior panels seats uh, different components of the car will be fleet components as opposed to regular passenger car components hmm. so it, it's often I never I never write a review unless unless there's something about a rental car that's, um, just out of whack, that it didn't run or this or that or something like that. It's always um, because I realized that these cars are not built uh, for the same audience that if you go to the showroom and buy one is built for. Now, now I don't think that's a good thing, to be honest with you, because I think your impression of getting into a Jeep now may stop you in the future from buying one. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you may get in that car and say, well, gee, I remember that rental Jeep I had back in Kentucky, and I don't know if I want to, you know, go for that. I don't know if I want to, you know, have a a a vehicle with that same sound or something like that. also, you know, it depends on the year with rental cars. If you get a, you know, listen, people beat the crap out of those cars. You know, especially in Kentucky, I could see three good old boys getting in there with a <laughs> <laughs> going up in the woods somewhere. So, uh, you you know, also you also have to you have to take that into consideration too. But I'm sorry, I had a bad experience because Jeep, uh, along with Stellantis products, are having, uh, especially on the uh, the the ears and stuff like that. The higher end Jeeps are having quality problems. Hmm. And um, you know, if you're selling somebody a hundred thousand dollar grand wagoneer, uh, they don't want quality problems.
1: No, well, you want it to be but, nice and premium.
0: Right. They want it to be, you, you know, they, they don't want to have problems. But and it's not just cheap. I mean, it seems right now with um oddly enough, the best automaker uh when it comes to quality, I would say, and I don't have any official Uh, J.D. Power Stats to back this up or anything, but it seems the car I get the least complaints about and hear the least complaints about from people are General Motors cars. Hmm. Um, Rarely do I get somebody who complains about uh, quality or fit and finish or uh, things like that. As a matter of fact, I get a lot of people that rave about how well the GM cars are put together. That there's, the, you know, that the panel gaps and things like that, especially when you go into the more premium lines like the the Buicks and the Cadillacs and the GMC trucks and the higher end Chevy trucks. Mm-hmm. People are really, yeah. uh, really rave about how well General Motors is putting together their their trucks. So that's something the that chief has to work on uh, uh, because they're. Um, you know, when you're pushing out a a seventy thousand dollar SUV, people don't want to have problems with it, and quality becomes much more on target for people. You know, they really want to see that 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 quality in that in that particular vehicle. So I'm sorry I had that experience, but um,
1: well, after what you said about the rental companies having different types of vehicles for the fleet, it seems to make sense. I will say though I have had some rental cars, but I guess it depends on the company that yeah. like a felt more premium but as just like a mid-size sedan or something like that.
0: Right right if if you you know and it's generally the uh, the more uh, the more volume of a car they get because that that they buy the more volume of a car The more they're able to dictate some of the things in the car Mm -hmm. um i remember when in years gone by that when uh, avis would buy uh plymouths they used to rent plymouths they would get these um uh, they were like fury one and a halfs they called fury used to have a fury one fury two fury three fury ones were mostly specially built for police departments and taxi cabs. So they had lower end interiors. They had seat covers that were uh, almost plastic instead of the high end uh, leather and everything like that. And the rental car, like Avis, used to get special orders. So they would have uh, the same looking dashboard, but it would be made out of a cheaper material. Uh, the same looking seats, but they would be made out of a more washable, more, um, uh, you, you know, uh, durable material than you might get in a passenger car because they knew that people beat the crap out of these cars and spilled everything in them and so on and so forth so there's definitely a a difference and you know it's like if you go and and you buy a work truck as opposed to a a silverado high sierra or something like that you know there's there's a marked difference in in the trucks uh, that you can see hmm. almost plainly to the eye on a car, you probably don't see it as plain um, as you um, as you might otherwise. But it's there. Um, all right, you got uh, anything you want to ask me this week? I mean, I've, you, you've <laughs> asked me about we've talked about the Jeep, but <laughs> you need to have a question.
1: Yeah, we found might- out what I was driving this past week, so I want to find out. Yo, Vinny, what are
0: you driving this week? Oh Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Good golly, uh, what am I driving this week? Well I am fortunate enough this week to be driving uh, this um, this pretty nifty uh, Lexus uh, that uh, that I have uh, uh, I'm just uh, you know Lexus is just a good car. You know, it's just a solid SUV, uh, and I think that I, I think that in, in jumping into this uh, RX 350, that uh, it, it's just you know they've they've improved on this thing. From there's my Texas plates that I'm driving with, which uh, have people have given me actually the finger uh, driving this uh, car with Texas plates. But this RX 350 is uh, everything you want. A smaller luxury SUV to be. It's comfortable. It is easy to get in and out of. It is spacious in the back. There's tons of room back there to put stuff up, with even with the second row of seats folded uh, up. Uh, there is. Uh, it is uh, easy to drive. It's not a race car. Uh, it's not a performance SUV, even though it does say F-Sport on the side. The F-Sport in this particular case is more cosmetic than it is anything else. But uh, it really, uh, it it goes, it gets on the freeway, it takes off uh, like it should. It's just not going to, um, you know, it's not going to wow you with uh, suspension or, as a matter of fact, uh, the review I read in Car and Driver said it was snooze-worthy. I don't think it's newsworthy. I just think that it is uh, a vehicle that is uh, built for somebody that wants a luxury car and is not looking for uh, a BMW-type performance vehicle. Uh, Interior, the materials are nice. The screen, Uh, Lexus has done a great thing and greatly improved their infotainment system. Uh, there's a heads up display on the dash as you can see here. Very, uh, easy to read, easy to look at, uh, the screen again for the, uh, uh you know, for the, in the interior is a big wide screen. Uh, the F sport gives you some suspension tweaks and, uh, some interior stuff, uh, you know, badging, uh, you know, nicer, bigger wheels on it. I think they're 21s and, um, And again, it gives you the sport edition where you can dial into uh, the sport mode in it. Now, the one thing I don't like on this car so far is they've taken the sport, you know, the switch that takes you from regular driving to sport mode and put it in the infotainment system. So you have to actually... Go into the infotainment system to switch into sport mode which i don't particularly like i like it right there on the console or on the dashboard where you can hit that button uh without having to search for it, without having to take your eyes off the road if you wanted to go into uh sport mode uh all-wheel drive is great the uh with the uh, electric motors and everything it distributes the power nicely in this uh in this vehicle uh, it runs uh, well, it's quiet, it feels like a, sol- I mean, it feels like a Lexus. It feels like a solid car. And uh, one of the things that I like about Lexus is that you know what you're going to get. You don't get many surprises in uh, a Lexus. You know, you get the leather upholstery. You get the ambient interior lighting. You get the infotainment screen 14 inches. You know what you're know what you getting. You're not getting a high-performance car in this particular model. Now, uh, with the hybrid, you get a 275-horsepower uh, turbocharged 2.5-liter four-cylinder. That is plenty enough to move this thing along. It'll get you to 60 in about five and a half seconds. Um, it's got the... Uh, You know, the the hybrid battery pack. I think you get 30 miles of electric driving on this thing. Uh, Just, uh, you know, just punching the button and hitting it. I think uh, so far I've gotten about 22, 25 miles per gallon, but I haven't taken it on the course yet. Uh, The... uh, the course that I used to evaluate all of these cars for gas mileage. I'll get a chance to do that uh, this weekend. As I said, the uh, touchscreen the 14 inch is solid. It gives you um, a lot of uh, uh, simpler options than the old system that they used to have. Thank God they got rid of that thing. And it has every kind of driver assistant feature that you can think of adaptive cruise control lane, centering lane, departure warnings, It's a safe, vehicle lexus always comes up on the top of the uh safety uh vehicle you know safety standards for the vehicle so good limited warranty four years fifty thousand powertrain is six or seventy thousand and the hybrid components eight or one hundred thousand and they give you complimentary maintenance for uh the first uh year or ten thousand miles solid car i'm enjoying driving it i love the color on this car, this this blue uh, just blows me away, and how uh, beautiful it is. So, uh, this is what I'm driving this week—the Lexus. And um, you can go to our social media; I'll have pictures of it up there, and a little bit of a, a film, so you can see exactly what it is. I love the Lexus front design. I love just the way that the designers have uh, uh, for Lexus have really made this car um, uh, uh, look have a stance that just looks luxurious. I love the floating roof concept. It's always been a favorite of mine. So there's nothing not to like uh, with the sweeping, curvy lines, the reliability, and the solid motor, uh, solid drive train of this particular Lexus RX 350. All right? Okay, that is our Yovini. What are you driving this week? Time now for our um, cartoon of the week. We love music. We love cars, and we put them together every week for you. Uh, this one is a, a little bit of a Christmas tune. We uh, we endeavor to find. We had a, a Christmas tune last week. Uh, we have a Christmas cartoon for you this week because we, uh, we we go out and we look for these things. Nathan works long, hard hours to try to find these uh, these tunes and come up with them. So this week we go with a band. Named Lugnut that we researched, and this is Santa has a hot rod. There you go, there it is. Uh, Santa's got a hot rod sleigh. A uh, little ditty that we found on YouTube. That is our Saturday morning cartoon, uh, because cars and music go together so well. If you have a suggestion for us, uh, by all means, jump on our Facebook page at Drive Time Radio and TV, or you can just find me at NY. Vinnie, and that will get you to uh, the, um, the different uh, cartoons. We also, if you go on Spotify and search out Drive Time Radio, we put them all on a list there. So we have all our cartoons, or most of them at least, on a list. That you can uh, that you can listen to for hours and hours of automotive listening pleasure. All right, it's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York, City We're on 1150 KKNW. I wanted to uh, squeeze this in too, as well. There's just a bunch of really cool places that you can go. Uh, jump in your car and see if you're uh, in, in that mood of you want to go see Christmas lights or do something festive and holiday that's uh, automotive-related. A lot of cool stuff uh, going on. One of the uh, one of the great places I love, uh, and I've been going there since I moved to Seattle. Somebody told me about this place. I mean, it's been going on for 70 years, but somebody told me about this place years ago, and I remember taking my little infant daughter to uh, Candy Cane Lane up in Ravenna, have you been there? If you've never seen this, it's certainly worth the drive through, uh, except if you go on a Thursday night, then it's just a walkthrough. They uh, don't have pedestrians. Uh, they have pedestrians just take over the street on Thursday. But every other night, you can drive through Candy Cane Lane. As, uh I said, it's up in Ravenna, and uh, it's on Park Road right off of Ravenna Avenue. And I guess this got started by people – uh, Seattle Times ran a contest years ago about, uh, you know, which neighborhood could come up with the best Christmas gear at Candy Cane Lane was uh, was the winner, and they've been doing it ever since. Really uh, incredible displays, uh, everything from mechanical displays to just lights to, um, you know, just just all kinds of neat stuff. It, it really is an eye-opener. Uh, you know, kids will make you drive through it. Two or three times. Uh, because, and again, it's all, it's not professionally done stuff. This is all done by the homeowners. As a matter of fact, some homeowners, when they sell their houses on Park Road or Andy, uh, Candy Cane Lane, they actually hand down the, um, the decorations to the new homeowners, which I think is really cool. So uh, people do them up in different country style. Uh, people do them up, in a lot of uh, things they've had uh, this year on those Thursday nights, uh, they've had the uh, Husky Marching Band down there, uh, they had a jazz performance this past Thursday night, and uh, again, it is free and open to the public. They do accept food donations for the U District Food Bank. I encourage that. Sunday to Thursday, they're running from four to 9.30, Friday and Saturday night from 4 to 11 o'clock so get there, drive through be courteous and nice as you're going through and um, you know experience a part of uh, a, a part of a Seattle tradition. One of the other great places that you can drive to is over in West Seattle uh, the Menashe Menashi Jewelers over there uh, well their house is on Um, Shore Drive there, and they do an incredible job every year of just lighting that place up. I know Josh gets out there and his family, and they just go to town. And if you haven't seen the Menashe display, it's worth hopping in your car and going out and checking it out. It's an incredible thing uh, to uh, see all of the lights, all of the effort, all of the little mechanical stuff. That, uh, that they have out there. I mean, you can see this thing from space. Uh, that's how uh, how huge and how lit up it is. And uh, the neighbors are always friendly. Uh, people are out there. They're talking to each other. That's what I love about this thing. And, and listen, when you go to these places, please remember that they're people's residences, uh, that they're, you, you, you know, you don't throw garbage. I saw somebody throw their garbage on the floor at one of these places last year. I, I was like, you know, come on. You go into somebody's house here, you know, they're nice enough to put these displays up, enjoy them, but, you know, respect them as well. And the third place I want to tell you about is a place that I've come across. We tried to get the people on for of today's show. We'll try to get them on for next week's show uh, because it is opened up. It's open from uh, now until the end of the year, and that is um, something that I've passed a million times and never knew what it was, Uh, but it's Kringle's Filling Station. Uh, Nathan, have you heard about this, uh, Kringle's Filling Station?
1: Kringle's Filling Station. Hmm. Does not ring a bell, no pun intended?
0: Oh, okay. Well, um, there are a bunch of people. Who have gotten together? I must. They, I guess they must be like you know, well, rich people or something like that. Uh, but they've gotten together to build uh, and and put together this. Um, how else would you describe it? It's an old auto repair shop. And what they did is they went in there and they recreated a uh, a gas station from the uh, probably from the fifties. Uh, it's on eighty second in Aurora. 8211 Aurora Avenue North, and they filled it up, <laughs> no pun intended, um, with uh, toys and games, and uh, it, it's just a whole Christmas, like a 1930s Christmas atmosphere. Uh, they have lights, they have trees, they have games, they have different events. I mean, it's really its one of the most spectacular things that i've ever seen it's part arcade part neighborhood hangout it's a magical place and just tons of holiday fun there uh um, it's just like unlike anything i've ever seen they even have a slot car track which gets me in there right away but holiday games they have skee ball uh holiday karaoke uh gas pump hot cocoa you can get a steaming cup of hot cocoa right out of a gas pump you know uh, for each their own but uh definitely get pictures taken there on the sleigh. it's definitely i think it cost um 15 bucks to get in or something like that and again we're going to try to get these people on for next uh week but it's uh it's a, it's a timed entrance type of thing so you should get your tickets early go to uh let's see this is feverup.com is what it's coming across. I think it's 17 bucks with the VIP upgrade. I don't know what that does for you. Oh, actually, you know what? The VIP upgrade includes unlimited hot chocolate, entry for two to a Kringle-hosted Grand Prix best-of-three slot car tournament, uh, compete for bragging rights, and a commemorative Christmas champion trophy ornament for drivers per tournament. So you, you, for $2 extra, you're doing okay. But again, it takes you about... 45 to 60 minutes to to tour it, 8211 Aurora Avenue. All ages are welcome. The venue is ADA compliant, and uh, it's really something to see. If you have never seen this, uh, just Google it, Kringles with a K, filling station. One of the coolest things that uh, I think you will see uh, this holiday season. I totally encourage you to uh, get up there. And, uh, and check this place out. It looks like there are still availabilities. And as I said, they are open until the 31st of December. So lots of, uh, lots of good Christmas automotive cheer for you and me and everybody else. All right, let's quickly jump to uh, our road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, this week, we take a a look at the Honda Accord. We road tested. I talked a lot about this car last week. Um, It is a car. It is an incredibly good car. It is the Honda Accord Hybrid Sport. And I don't think you can do any better going out and buying a car. Uh, It's, um, you know, of the few cars uh, that you can go out and buy and have left, uh, the Honda Hybrid Touring really uh, gives you... Fuel economy, comfort, uh, nice drivability. Again, not a sports car. It's a family car. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what this thing is. When I was a kid, we used to have family cars. Uh, It was a car that you piled the family in, no minivans, no pickup trucks, nothing like that. Uh, We had a family car. You got into that family car and you drove it uh, to where you were going. And the Honda Accord is exactly that kind of car. Spacious back seat, spacious front seat, easy to drive, good-looking car. Uh, it, it really a spacious trunk. When you open up the trunk, you got plenty of room to put your stuff in there. Uh, great driving dynamics. I mean, there's a sport mode on this thing, but who are we kidding? Who's ever going to use the sport mode? It is uh, for a family of two uh, or three or four or even five, it's the perfect car. If you don't want to uh, get into a vehicle that is, uh, you know, a and big and an SUV and everything like that, this car will get you from point A to point B and uh, uh, with solid handling dynamics, with enough power to get you there, with a comfortable ride, comfortable seats, uh, a very stunningly beautiful interior, and uh, it does the trick and all for about uh, under $40,000. Uh, again, you can see that uh, different drive modes here and everything. It recharges while it's driving. It's not a plug-in. I heartily suggest that if you are out there looking for a safe, good car, to, uh, uh, and again, I emphasize car, to drive, take a look at the Honda Accord. You will not go wrong. That is the drive time for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We always appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next Saturday morning for a spectacular, if the Lord's willing, and the creek don't rise. Have a good one.